0: people from who like literally don't fish at all to somebody like you who's pretty seasoned in fishing and just hasn't steelhead fish necessarily well like, dude i got a kick out of watching you you know yeah. i didn't necessarily expect it of how geeked up you got yeah to like have That's a steelhead what... next to the boat like smiling from ear to ear <laughs> and getting all giddy that for me is what is the most exciting yeah
1: I'm Hunter Jordan, I'm Colin Bluelock. and welcome to the Great Lakes Experience. Today's episode is brought to you by Big Al's Baits and SBS Outdoors. All the way from ice fishing flies, the best on the market, to catching big seal head on your favorite rivers. Hit these guys up for your baits or your next guided trip. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode six. This is our first episode where our guest is actually live in the room with us today from SBS Outdoors and Get Bent Guide Service, John Wielinga. John, how are you Thanks doing? Thanks for having me, guys. I'm good. Just got out of work. Long day and uh, time to talk some fishing. What a, better, what a better way to end the day than drink some beers and talk some fish with the boys. <laughs> Let's get into it, huh? Yeah. All right. So this week's episode is going to be... Um, our steelhead topic. Um, John is actually just about to start his own guide service, Get Bent Guide Service. Um, so we are gonna we're gonna plug that info in the Instagram and Facebook and everything, so you guys can check him out. I highly recommend going with him if you guys are interested in catching some steelhead um, in the near future at all. He's been slamming the fish actually recently not in the past few days because all of our rivers are blown out here in west michigan because of all the snow melt and rain and then we got more snow and then that all melted still went out i had to go north but uh yeah but we've still been out there so first um what got you into steelhead fishing friends man uh just
0: was doing the whole bass pike inland thing for a while and uh had some buddies that got me into steelhead fishing, which is kind of how we got into the whole social media thing. And I uh, just kind of took off from there. Just started as uh, something new to check out and quickly became an obsession.
2: Yeah. Did you totally go in blind or did you ever go steelhead fishing a couple times before all this?
0: Uh, I went in... I mean, everybody goes in blind. There's always the yeah. first time for everything. Uh, but I had some buddies that showed me the ropes, in a way, a lot of dam fishing, uh, bottom bouncing and, and drifting shoots and whatnot. But as far as the... Flow fishing scene when it was totally uncharted territory and just kind of figure it out as you go.
2: Oh, yeah. That's rewarding that way, though.
0: Yeah, there's definitely a sense of pride. And and I think you learn more, honestly, doing it on your own instead of having somebody just show you
1: what to do and how they do it. But, yeah, it really it makes you kind of fly by the seat of your pants to figure it out. I know that's the biggest thing for me. Like when I started trout fishing, going by myself, I learned – way more than with other people because i feel like when you're with other people you're just spot fishing you know what i'm saying when you're by yourself you learn where those fish hang out what they're eating all that kind of stuff when they like to eat it um what do you what do you think the biggest learning curve has been for steelhead that's a tough question to answer uh there's been so many learning curves because there's
0: so many different aspects from like reading current and river to knowing, like, the habits of the fish themselves as far as where they sit in given conditions or what they eat in given conditions, when to be on the water and when not to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've definitely had some good days, especially in the past year or so, six months. Uh, but I had far more horrible days that I don't like to talk about before I had good days. Yeah. So as far as, like, one specific learning curve is, it can't be pinpointed,
2: man. The whole there's, thing was, the whole it was thing. tricky. Yeah, yeah, The whole thing is tough everything's
1: got to kind of line up so yeah um so you've you've been fishing you've been steelhead fishing for about two years now you said yep um so what kind of i know so i first got acquainted with you working at dnr you were um you'd come in every once in a while i'd see you around um you were big into the the catfish scene for a while there. I still am, man. I still <laughs> I still love my cats. It's just not the season. Uh,
0: that's when people give a shit for it all the time. Like, why do you mess with those things? But it's a blast, dude. Yeah, uh, it's a good change of pace too from being on your feet all day and casting all day to kicking back in the boat and waiting for a rod to go off. Yeah. What's your PB? We We've well, so from the boat, it's around thirties. Okay. Uh, from short, we've had some
2: in that mid-high forty range. Cool. Those I mean, thirties and forties are stuns.
0: They're big, man. Yeah. I mean, honestly, anything over twenty five pounds, you bring them up, and they're pretty crazy to look at. No matter how many times you've seen them. Okay. Yeah.
2: Is it a good mix of flats and channels, or? It
0: depends how you fish. So what we do, it's like primarily flatheads. Okay. Uh, big baits, dude. That's big. Like and <laughs> big then bats. flatheads
2: prefer live, right? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Flatheads elite live. Channels are primarily dead. You can yep. catch flatheads on. Dead bait. They do eat them, but if you're really hunting
2: for flatheads, you're usually running live bait. Oh, yeah. I got one buddy. You know Justin Moore? I do know Justin. Yeah, he likes his... He likes his cats. Yeah, Yeah. he's good at them.
1: So, if you had to pick one for the rest of your guiding career, would it be cats or steelhead? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's easy, man.
0: From just a personal fun fishing and from a guiding, it would be steelhead all the way. Okay. What do you you think makes it more fun to catch those? The chase. Uh, One, there's a lot of different ways you can catch them. There's a lot of different places you can catch them. Uh, And they, I mean, you can catch them in the river 12 months out of the year. Not a lot of people realize that. Uh, You're not always fishing fresh fish at that point. But if you follow your runs right, you can hit steel out of the river 12 months out of the year.
2: Yeah. So is there, like, one thing when you come off the river every day and you're just like, holy shit, that was rewarding,
0: what would it be? New water. New water. Yep, finding fish in new water, or, like, a new technique. Uh, I fish under a float 100% of the time. It's the only way I see a like fish, but there's still a lot of different things, whether it's, like, going from beads or jigs. That's one of the things that I'm working on now is jig fishing. Yeah. Uh, just anything new, really. But new water is always fun. That's something I get a kick out of still is chasing new water and,
1: and trying to put the pieces together on the spot. Oh yeah,
2: that journey factor, just really getting out there and I yeah, like it.
1: That goes back to the beginning too, kind of like figuring out like the like pinpointing the hardest like learning curve. It's like you're constantly learning on the water. Especially with something like Steelhead, because yeah. a lot of times they can be really unpredictable. I would say out of all the species of fish that I've
0: targeted, I've been fishing for as long as I can remember, steelhead is hands down the hardest one to consistently hit fish.
1: Yeah, I remember. I remember when you were first starting to get into the steelhead scene. Um, uh, I would be like, "Hey man, like, how'd you how'd you do this week? And you'd be like, oh, we got we got three this week. It was it was a pretty good week. <laughs> we got three. And then last week, I was like, how 'How'd you do?'" Oh, we smashed and we had 20 fish today. (laughs) I was like, what the hell? This kid went from three fish a week to 20 in a day. So you've definitely figured it out. Um, So is that – so at what point, like, when were you like, I can make some money off this? Uh, It hasn't so much been a money thing for me. Guiding has always been something I've wanted to
0: do. Okay. Uh, Even as a kid, dude, I always thought it would be super cool to, like, be able to go and run guided fishing trips uh we used to take family vacations to canada we'd run with the guide for a couple of days and just the whole idea of it behind one getting to work on the water and not having to go yeah. do a day job <laughs> uh, but also the rewarding factor of like watching people get excited and like seeing how amped up i remember when i first got into fishing and yeah. catching your first whatever the case may be and the excitement behind that uh Social media started. We did it. We used to break phones all the time as a kid, you know, whether they're dropping them in the water or crushing them, doing something. I used to go through phones like crazy. Uh, and so it just kind of started sitting on my buddy's couch. Like, hey, dude, what's up with this whole Instagram thing? I'm not a big social media guy. You know, you wouldn't assume so based off what we do now. Yeah. Uh, but like, I don't even have a personal Instagram prior to starting one for a guide service. Uh, and it was just a way to save pictures. So, like, when you do lose a phone, you didn't lose anything. And then that was always in the back of my mind is like one day, this will be a perfect opportunity when the time is right uh, to run guided trips off of.
2: Yeah. So oh, yeah. with the guiding, do you think it's going to be something that you eventually want to work towards being a full-time guy with no other job or just something that you run a couple clients every week, still have a different job on top of that?
0: Uh, so the job I have now is pretty sweet uh, as far as flexibility and whatnot. Um, the goal is definitely full time. Yeah. Uh, keeping a side job, not a bad idea if I can line up some <laughs> insurance and benefits and whatnot. But as far as like my primary source of income and what I want to do for my primary living is definitely on the
2: water. Oh, yeah. So going to that full time, do you think it's going to be running steelhead salmon type thing all year? Whether you move to the big lake in the summer or you think about running <laughs> cats, it'll be. Uh, It'll be all on the
0: river, man. So oh, yeah. it'll be just following the seasons what's hot. So spring, really anywhere from fall will be kings. Yo. Uh, late fall will be steelhead all the way up until all through spring will be steelhead. And then once that spring run ends, it'll be smallmouth flatheads. Uh, and eventually I'll venture into the trout
2: scene. Oh, yeah. Do you ever get on any like the scam bites and stuff? Oh, yeah. Yeah,
0: summer scams. Do a lot of pier fishing for the scams. Uh, but we'll hit some call them creeks they're pretty much ditches that's, but uh and you get them in some main river systems too but yeah. when i'm scam fishing i like the tight water just oh yeah keeps it fun you'll hook a lot more than you
2: land but yeah it's experience that's how i got into steelhead fishing was casting oslo's for yeah and i had no clue what i was doing was scams just, are nuts dude, yeah because they'll eat everything yeah and like and they are fresh <laughs> as all get out and yeah they're just, oh they're crazy they're balls of fire
0: uh Like, you can, the crazy thing with scams is, like, you can push them out of a hole. I've got a buddy who, they rabbit stomp them, pretty much. They'll, like, wade through these creeks, and they'll walk through these wood piles, and they push them out, and then they'll throw black flies in there, and they will watch these fish double back around on these flies and eat them. It's no bullshit. They're not, like, flossing or snagging or
1: anything. Like, they quite literally sight fish these scams with big black flies You yeah. watch me?
2: That's... That's so so nice. give a
1: little give a little uh, explanation as to, like, what you guys are talking about when you say scams for, like, everybody who's listening. Yeah, so it's a summer run steelhead.
0: Don't quote me on this, but I believe that's a strain that actually comes from the West Coast. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure that's convenient. I think technically all strains of steelhead cats come from the West Coast. But anyway, it's a summer run steelhead. Uh, so you get your spring run, you get your fall, winter run, uh, and then you get your summer run, which can be pretty tricky because it's all water temperature based. But as far as what a scam is to steal it, that
1: runs the rivers and creeks in the summertime. Yep. Um. So what would be that'll I'll take that into the next section. I kind of wanted to get into is um, what what time of year is your favorite to catch them? Fall. Okay. What makes it the best?
0: Uh, the water temps always perfect. Uh, I think part of it has to do with too. They're juiced up on king eggs. So they're like eating a crazy high protein diet and the water temperatures are perfect. So they just go nuts. Uh, there, I mean, there's fishy you hook. You just can't stop them. You know, I've had them dump a hundred yards before, before you can pick up anchor and <laughs> <laughs> go chase them out. Uh, so there's just, I mean, all of them fight fun. They're all a blast. But there's something about that fall run that just, they hit a little
1: different. Yeah. They're a little spicier that time of year. Um, so, um, I know last year you did a bit of king fishing too. Um, so what's the major difference between fishing for kings or steelhead? The game is pretty similar. It's where you find them.
0: Mm-hmm. That gets different. Uh, kings get pressured harder. It's that time of year. It's like the opening day of gun season. Okay. For deer. Yeah. Everybody and their brother goes out to fish for kings when they're around. It's so seasonal, man. You only get a couple months where you yeah. can really catch kings. Uh so they get a little pickier, so you go from running big globs of skein to a little more finesse fishing, which I guess applies to steelhead too. I would say the biggest difference is where they sit. Okay. So like shallower, deeper? Or... Yeah, different kinds of water. Uh, you'll go from fishing heavy seams to
1: deeper holes, different kind of current. Okay. Which one Which one would you say fights harder, gives the best fight?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: See, that's tough, man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Stomped him. They both they both
0: go nuts, dude. They both fight really well. The fight is different. Uh Kings still like will break water and jump and whatnot, obviously. I feel like the the Kings will make stronger, faster runs. Where I feel like the steelhead are more likely to change directions to break water. So they both go nuts. To say one's better than the other is uh I really can't pick one to be honest with yeah. you.
2: Yeah. I've always said that if you could combine a steelhead and a king with how they fight, with the acrobat- the acrobat acrobagniness of a steelhead and just the raw power of a king, it'd be the best fish. To
0: so to go back to your last question, that's my favorite time of year to catch steelhead. That's how I sum up fall steelhead. It's like you combined your steelhead with a king, and that's
1: your, your early fall run fish. Okay. So the hardest hitters are the Faw, if you guys are wondering— Get Out um, there, when you stay in the
2: woods, <laughs> in the
1: woods. <laughs> you, say, you
2: don't have to world. tell me twice. This why I don't do it. But, um, speaking of kingfishing, I know when I did my kingfishing up on the rivers in northern Michigan, it was all big skein with an egg loop knot. Which out west they do a lot for steelhead, and all the steelhead fishing I've done around here has been bags. Why do you think that's such a big gap?
0: I can't answer that, man. To be honest with you, I don't know. I mean, you can catch steelhead on skein. Yeah. 100%. If you went out running skein to bags, I don't know that you'd notice a big difference. Uh, The reason why I like running bags in the winter is you get more out of your eggs. Mm -hmm. Uh, One, fresh bait is good bait. So I like to keep that fresh steelhead row going. Uh, If you scrape them, you get more out of the, the eggs. You collect the goals to keep as little amount of females as possible. Uh, running bags last longer. you can get more drifts out of them before they milk out and get real shitty on you so yeah
2: you know, speaking of bags and doing the single egg thing what's your technique of getting those single eggs? Do you do the chicken wire grater type thing you're taking a spoon to the skein plastic spoon plastic spoon no yeah. and what's what's all this hype about no metal spoons? Does metal spoons pop them, or does it leave like a residue, sun, or something? So this is actually funny that you say that because I used metal spoons up
0: until this winter. Okay. Uh, and it was actually my roommate was bitching at me for taking all the metal spoons <laughs> down and, and trashing them with eggs, and was like, "I bought you spoons, plastic spoons, so you could do this." So I started using them, and uh, they do pop less eggs. And I think it's because they give a little bit. They're kind of bendy and move around yeah Uh, but i've noticed that i pop less eggs with the plastic spoons and i don't get shit from my roommate
2: yeah i the first time i tried doing that i was at my parents and my mom hated it she was just she was gonna kick my ass if i kept doing it with a metal spoon because it was that's a mess yeah
0: scraping and tying bags is like it's nasty yeah Uh, i have a little section i have like a michigan style basement it's gross, but I don't clean it enough, but it's just, it gets piled up with stuff and it smells down there. That's, and
1: a, that's a steelhead room.
0: That's that's part of the lifestyle, dude. You really can't get away from it. I'd spend too much time cleaning up to have it perfect all the time and I'm down there a lot, so.
1: Yeah. And uh, I talked about this with you last week when I fished with you, a um, little switch topic here. John got me my first steelhead last week. We were on some Sneaky River. <laughs> um the first one I hooked was pretty big. That was a better fish. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was a little bummed out when she let go. Um, just for my first steelhead. I've never really been into steelheading a whole lot, but I definitely think it's going to be something I put my attention more towards because I had a freaking blast last week. Um, and then about what, 45 minutes later, an hour maybe, yeah. bar down, just lay into it got it and uh yeah it was a blast but anyways last week me and you were talking about like um like how you because you primarily run bags right uh in the winter time i'll run
0: everything still still Mm -hmm. bags beads jigs uh yeah depends on the day man like to say that anything outperforms one over the other you can't stuff to say yeah
1: so we were talking about like Obviously like as much as you fish you go through a lot of beads, eggs, whatever. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> um so we talked about like how you get your, your spawn and stuff like that. Like obviously it'd be way too expensive to have to keep buying all that stuff. So you you're just talking about having to keep a couple females or whatever and whatnot. Um what uh so they just moved Mich they just changed Michigan's law. We were talking about it that day we were fishing. They just switched it to one fish from March fifteenth to May fifteenth. I think it was. Yeah. So do you think that's going to affect your yes your, and no your game? Uh, I
0: believe as as you- unless they change it again, I could be wrong about this. Uh, I should probably double check. <laughs> I believe that's
1: only in certain locations as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So still yeah. It said, it. The, I quote. It said sun, type three and type four yeah. shines. So I don't, I don't know. Hey, if you can't if say I'm that. In, oh, I'm gonna have to bleep that out. <laughs> um,
2: You're fired. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm going home. And, um, I don't know if that is in that, but but yeah. So like, I mean, like me and you talked about it. Like, um, like you said, you were saying how you you feel kind of bad sometimes having to keep some of the like the hens and stuff. I mean, talk a little bit more about that.
0: Yeah, man, the bait cycle is uh, it's kind of vicious. Uh, being on the, I won't say the river, net, fishing for kings uh, this fall, there is a guide out there who we're talking to. I was fishing with Danny Colville, and he said to him, like, man, you have to go through guiding five days a week. He's like, you have to go through an insane amount of bait. And the guy's quote was, all hens go to heaven.
1: <laughs>
0: now, you obviously try to avoid that at all. Costs. i will say the one thing if you are harvesting bait is to do it responsibly yeah. uh all wild fish always go back now it's kind of like deer genetics dude in a way like the same way yeah. that people like grow big deer uh i would rather keep an extra small stocker fish yep. that year two year old stocker fish than i would keep a three-year-old stocker or even worse keep like a big wild hen yeah um it does suck, though. You know, it's, it's always kind of that moral dilemma of, like, keeping good bait, especially when it comes to clients. you got people paying you a good chunk of money, man, to get on some fish, and if having fresh bait
1: is what it takes, I mean, you have to have it in the boat. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I said something about it before, but, like, you're – like, the way you do it, I, I thought you – you're not harming the river as much as a lot of those greasy bastards up in there. <laughs>
2: That's I a mean, good way to put it, honestly. I mean, realistically,
1: bastards. when you think about it, some of those – some of those crackheads up there, they're, they'll take their three fish back to the truck, back to the house, and come back and catch three more.
2: Well, that, and I've heard a lot of people just say, oh, yeah, I mean, we, you get a big old king hen or a coho hen or even a steel hen, and they grab the eggs and Believe fucking it. off with the body, and, like, that should not be a priority i mean you should be using everything you can from that so we eat everything yeah obviously every fish that I keep
0: uh it either gets given to somebody whether it's a neighbor or a friend or i eat it myself yeah exactly Uh, but the amount of kings especially i think kings are the worst oh yeah uh i've been on the river and seen king carcasses bellies
1: open eggs taken out and just that's that's really a bummer to see i mean sometimes it's kind of like kings, I, I I would think it's a little bit different because by the time they get up to the dam, those poor things are toast anyways. Uh, yeah, depending, opinion, depending. Man, if you're not going to keep them to eat them, then you shouldn't keep them for bait. Yeah. That's true, yeah. That makes perfect sense. I, uh, I think that should be a law. Yeah. But, I mean, it is a law. It, 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 <laughs> you, yeah. but yes. you can't just egg them out. Yeah. Either. Yeah. So. Which. Right. This part of our episode is brought to you by our most recent episode on spot burning and me trying to give away John spots on his river. Remember, folks, keep your places a secret or else they'll get burned out. Please enjoy the rest of the episode. So we're just going to cut all of that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> okay, hey, let's go to this. You touched on it earlier, talking about a hatchery stocked fish and then a wild fish. Um I know most of the rivers kind of do the adipose clipping yep. and then other clippings. Is there any other marks that you know of that represent a hatchery fish compared to wild fish?
0: Uh, sometimes a dorsal fin will tell you it's not like a given. But if you ever catch a fish, sometimes they don't. All those fish can't get clipped. Yep. So some of them are hatchery fish that still have their adipose fin. Mm. It's just human hair. Uh But their dorsal fins will be sometimes non-existent or really like flat they get compressed down and it's just from being stacked on top of fish one on top of another in their in their tanks so their dorsal fins get messed up i've caught fish with uh, the front fins yep right behind the gill plate i've caught them with missing fins there i don't think that's a clip uh chin me because i know i think so.
2: i got a few buddies that went to lake state and did the whole environmental biology yeah. stuff and they said they clip a lot of those fins, and I never knew it because knew it, I was always looking at the adipose. Like, the yeah. adipose was there. I was like, hey, that's a natural fish. And they're like, eh, not always. Um, so what would you say the ratio is of your natural fish to your stocked fish? Depends. Depends. Uh,
0: shit, man, sometimes you'll go a week with catching nothing but wilds, and the next week you
2: can't you don't <laughs> catch anything but hatch
0: fish. So, I mean, there's really no saying.
2: Do you notice it more in different times of the year, like fall, winter, and spring? Or just, like you said, uh, weekly, daily basis? I don't think there's any real rhyme or reason
0: for yeah. it, to
1: be honest with you. I don't think there's uh idea. Correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't most of the scams in the summertime hatchfish?
0: Yes. Yeah. I think all scams are straight up hatchfish. I don't think that those reproduce.
1: Yeah, because those, cause the wild ones genetically know when they're supposed to run upstream, but those ones raising the tanks are a little slower than their counterparts.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. uh, To be honest with you, I'm not super familiar with, like, the hatcheries and all the, as far as what makes them run and when, besides, like, obviously your water temps and when you should be on the river, but as far as, like, why a scam runs in the summertime, I really don't know. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess if you think about it, if you go, like, Alaska, a lot of their runs happen in the summertime
2: mm-hmm. like you
0: know while our king season there's while ours is starting theirs is usually coming to a close
2: yeah because i remember my buddy went his senior year of high school and he had to miss baseball so i mean end of spring early summer yeah that was i think pretty much the beginning of the run up there but it was i mean the fish were thick and obviously he skipped baseball like anybody i would
0: of <laughs> course we went last year uh and we were coming home to early king season. It was like just around the corner. And we saw like the big red tomato kings oh, wow. still swimming around here and there, which was crazy, dude. That was a wild thing to see.
1: It'd be sweet. Yeah, because we're so used to seeing them here just straight up zombied out.
0: Yeah. Everything over there gets red. Like everything over here that gets dark
1: gets red, I guess, it's something with the transition from salt to fresh water. Mm-hmm. That's always, that's, that's that's the thing that, blows my mind, is there's there's no genetic difference between a steelhead in California or a steelhead in Lake Michigan. That's what I was actually, I've so I've got a biology class right now in school, and I the paper that, like, reading assignment or whatever, like, I looked at it, because usually I just blow those off, but I looked at it, and it was like, steelhead in Lake Michigan, and I was like, oh, I guess I'm reading this one. <laughs> so I looked at it, and it was saying, like... The only difference in them was it was basically saying like you can take a species from somewhere and put it somewhere that's like in close, proximate like geographic like likeness pretty much, to and it'll adapt and survive like pretty quick. Um and the only difference that they said between like a Lake Michigan sealhead and, and like a ocean sealhead in California or Alaska or wherever the hell is the way they absorb the salt in their body so fish in lake michigan they absorb more water into themselves to take up as much salt as they can and steelhead on the west coast are like peeing it out constantly that's like the only difference between them so now technically dude if you think about it
0: steelhead aren't native to the oh, yeah that's crazy to me so like they have to have the same genetics because yeah. that's where they came from. We just stock them in the Great Lakes, and it turns out that actually a lot of our Midwest fisheries are doing better than a lot of the West Coast fisheries. Mm-hmm. Just crazy to think that they are doing better in a, I mean, a not natural water source than they would in their home. But yeah, a completely yeah. new home for them. Well, as far as genetics go, I mean, they have to have the same genetics. That's where they came from. Yep. We just have found a way to get them to live in the Great Lakes.
2: So. Talking about stocking and everything, if you kind of look at our Great Lakes and the tributaries that run off it, got Atlantics that were, are fairly new to introduction to Michigan. I mean, I think it was the 80s. My uncle was a part of helping release those up on the St. Mary's River. And up there, they're booming. I mean, yeah. that's one of the number one targeted things in the UP and on that east coast of Lake Huron and stuff like that. Do you think... That's something you're ever going to kind of go and pursue? Some Atlantic
0: sometime? Oh, definitely, man. It's on the bucket list. Uh, any salmon, steelhead, trout species is on the list. Uh, another crazy thing, kind of off topic, but like even sturgeon, dude, on the east oh, side. Yeah. Of the, side like, the angling opportunities that we have in the Midwest, it'd be a shame to not venture off into all of them and yeah. see what we really have out here. Uh, to travel a little bit, dude. You know, I see people that get so stuck on one species. You know, like bass fishing is one of those things, like guys that are diehard bass fishermen, if it's not a bass, they
1: don't want to catch it. Mm-hmm.
0: And that just it blows my mind. That's I don't, that's one of the I things don't get,
1: that's one of the things I get made fun of a lot on the on the bass team is like they call me like they joke around and poke fun because I like to fly fish and catch trout and all that kind of stuff. But like there it, it's there's so many it's like you said. There's so many opportunities in the Midwest to catch. I mean, how many states can you go catch steelhead, brown trout, smallmouth, largemouth, sturgeon, and uh, an insane amount of other species within a couple
2: hours? Here. Yeah, like, you don't know, have to go that far. We also have some of the best fishing for those species found in the whole country. It's not yeah, like it's right. yeah, a mediocre. Mediocre fishery around here. I mean. St. Clair, the Great Lakes, St. Mary's River, other call X rivers that are insanely good. Yeah, so
1: that's the thing too. So, like, as far as like your guiding service goes, do you think you'll you'll do smallmouth stuff, catfish stuff in the summertime?
0: Yeah, I'll follow the seasons,
1: man. I'll do like smallmouth. I want to get into pike too. I don't think there's
0: a lot of people that really run pike trips in our area. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely something I'll venture into, but. My plan of now is just travel a lot and try a little bit of everything and just see what makes me tick the most, what gets me off in a way to to go chase it. Like sturgeon's one of those things I'll probably take a winter where I leave some steelhead alone a little bit and go (laughs) chase the sturgeon. Dude, like why wouldn't I have the opportunity to do it? And it's something that – I mean, they're nuts. It's just a crazy fish. It's something new. You get to learn. Uh, You know, for a while with sealhead fishing, it was – I mean, it drove me nuts, dude. Like, not sleeping and getting off the river upset. And, like, I always used to joke, you can tell how well I've been doing on the water based off of my mood. Because, you know, you struggle for a week or so and you're pissy, dude. You're irritated. Yeah. Now having things really dialed in, it hasn't taken anything away from it. It's still obviously a blast and I love it. There is definitely something missing. And it's I figured out it's the chase, dude. It's the pursuit of like trying to put the pieces together. When the pieces are already together, it's a different game.
2: You know, it. that's where you maybe drink
0: a couple beers on the river and you go hoot and holler and have some fun with buddies opposed to going out to figure yourself out. Dude. You yeah. Go out and learn. Uh, where lately I've been getting a kick out of hitting new water. Going yeah. to new river systems, you're fishing different stretches. And getting a kick out of putting the pieces together. Like, everything around here is blown out, so I started going way north this past week. Mm-hmm. And just seeing new water, and even a sense of, like, I'm a young man, 24 years old, so I probably, I might move, you know. Yeah. I might move a couple hours north and just. That uh, way you're kind of in a more central location to go yeah. north or come back down south. I'm just going to hit a bunch of fisheries. And yeah. And see where I like the most and where I want to be and where the most opportunity is and then move accordingly. Yeah. So.
2: If you were to get the golden ticket to go anywhere you could, no matter the species, and you leave tomorrow, what are you going for? Are we talking state or are we talking— Anywhere. Let's hear it. I don't think I'd leave the mitten, man. I don't think, I, do I don't
0: think so. I think I'd stay here. And
2: that's the
1: Great Lakes experience, <laughs> folks.
0: <laughs> you heard it here first, the mitten. Well, kind of like we talked about before. There's just so much here. Like There's nothing
1: really here lacking. Yeah, and me and you talked about that last week when we were fishing. Like, it's it's such a diverse place to fish or do anything outdoors. I mean, I was telling you, I mean, even just for moving from the east side of Michigan over here, I was open up to an insane amount of different species over here than there is over there. So, I mean, it's it's nuts to see, like, how many different types of fish you can catch anywhere in Michigan.
2: Well, almost like you're you go to the up it's like you're in a whole whole new universe it's totally different than down here you go to the east side totally different so it's almost feels like you're going to different states countries while never leaving the mitten and that adds something to it
1: oh yeah 100
0: percent. the only thing we're missing here that i will say is those like super-sized catfish you know, we're like, you go way south. And oh, you decide, those big blues. You know, and we go north over so like a 40-pound flathead, and then you go south, and they're like 80, 90, 100-pound flatheads and like 100-pound blues. That and stripers. Yeah. Um, oh, I wish we had stripers here. But they're not that far, man. We, You know, that's one of the yeah. other things I'll probably spend some time going down to Tennessee mm-hmm. trying to get on some stripers. And uh, my buddy mm-hmm. actually that I run the social pages with, he went down to an alligator our trip in Texas. We actually went together a couple of years ago uh, and ended up skunking. We had our opportunities that we just didn't capitalize on. He went back down and met a guy who, obviously, guy's on there. That's what he was on his boat for. And he needs some help. Uh, so I may potentially be spending some time down in Texas in the near future. Uh, so I think what I would do is stay in Michigan. As, like, home base. yeah. And then when I need to get out and, and go see other stuff, like, maybe I go spend my summers or falls in, in Tennessee,
1: or Texas. Yeah, kind of do, like, a... Whoa. Style. Yeah, I know. He does a lot of that. He goes yeah. like yeah. Florida, Florida, So, in the summertime... Undisclosed. He's ...here, and he fishes... He guides smallmouth. On, what are you doing? Um, and then, Good God, man. <laughs> well, I mean, everybody knows... That one guy. ...smallmouth fishes there. Um, And then in the wintertime, he shoots to Florida and guides for... Um, red snug tarpon and uh, kind of the whole yeah, oh, yeah, he's really gotten a dial down there recently. He's been, I've been seeing he crushes close. fish, dude. That guy, if there's anybody I could pick that could just catch numbers, Michael Myers, which is funny,
0: dude. I was in the shop yesterday for probably over an hour talking to Sean and
1: uh, Gerard Butler came
0: up. As you would expect. And uh, he said the same thing. He's like, if I could pick one
1: guy to be the fishiest dude that I know, it's Jason Gianni. Oh, yeah. I haven't got to fish with him yet, but I'm hoping this summer I'm going to. I really want to make sure I get out with him. Because he just, I've heard so many stories of the way that um, uh, Nate Cruising at the store, it was his- I work with, he's told me, he's like, I've seen that dude put some casts under laydowns that you wouldn't believe. And he, he, he always talks about how, like, like, his setups are like, you'd look at it and you'd be like, no way that works. And then he just, like, bombs it under this log that's, like, two inches above the water and just rips one out of there. And he's all on fly, right? He doesn't do anything. I'm pretty sure he's all fly. I don't think he uses conventional gear very much. See, I respect that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's nuts. That's the so, definition
2: of a purist. Yeah. Okay, so
1: <laughs> you're, you're kind of just getting into fly, right? Yeah, I've dabbled. Yeah. I enjoy it. I love it. Uh, so do you think you'll ever put that into your guide service?
0: Oh, no, It's just a matter of time. Yeah. Uh, I've spent so much of my time the last couple of years, all of my time, really just so focused on figuring out steelhead fishing that I limited myself from venturing out because – I almost felt guilty in a way of like, like I was taking time off. Like I was slacking if I wasn't pursuing steelhead, if the opportunity was there. Uh, Where now that I'm more established in that regard, it opens up more opportunity to take a day off from steelhead fishing or some time off from steelhead fishing to go pursue other avenues and fly fishing is definitely one of
2: them. Mm -hmm. With you pursuing these different avenues, you said you got a sled, right? Mm -hmm. Do you have a drift boat? I don't, but it's on the radar. Oh, is, that, yeah, I say, is that something you're looking at I mean, yeah, in the future? Time, especially, yeah. I mean,
0: um, I'd probably upgrade my sled before
2: I got into a drift boat. Yeah, or maybe both at the same time. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I, I got a buddy that has a drift boat, and he takes it on the bigger waters, the bigger trips that we get around here. But some of the smaller trips that you can get that drift boat on, it's sweet, and it opens up a lot more to fish. You can get everywhere. Yeah. There's like, you know, people drag those things over laydowns in the river. Like they
0: cover the entire river and they just drag their boat over the top of them. When you, I mean, you can jump them with the sled, but you want to keep <laughs> them <that> in <thing laughs> back. You got to be I so think I think,
1: yeah, that's like one of the coolest things is, so this, I think it's been two years now. Uh, cruising guy I was just talking about. I fished with him pretty much every Tuesday in the summertime in this. Two years ago, he got a raft. Mm-hmm. that we use to float. And uh that thing's insane. Cause I mean if there's a dam that you gotta get over or whatever and whatever, you're wherever you're fishing, all you gotta do I mean that thing weighs maybe three hundred pounds. So we can just pick it up, walk around and drop it back in and you're good to go. You can launch well, it. Down the head. Yeah. yeah, that's, need a boat that's, that's the best part.
0: You can launch like you just pick it up off the back of your truck with your buddy, drop it in the water. You're good to go. On the side of the road if
1: you have to and you can go fish. Mm-hmm. The only thing is is that it's not as practical as far as getting to spots like you would do. Like if you got to go way downstream or way upstream or whatever. Like if you got to go upstream in a raft, you're done for. Start (laughs) rolling. Yeah, start (laughs) rolling. (laughs) Um, So kind of like into your guide service stuff, um, what, uh, what would you say you're probably most excited for just getting into it and getting going on it? You've already had some pretty crazy opportunities pop up, if you want to talk about that.
0: Uh, yeah, so generally speaking, I would say just watching the excitement of people who don't do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Or maybe people who have never done it at all in the last. i been running just like mock trips with people that I know just for practice maybe just for getting new people out there hunter was one of them this guy uh (laughs) people from who like literally don't fish at all to somebody like you who's pretty seasoned in fishing and just hasn't steelhead fish necessarily well dude i got a kick out of watching you you know i didn't necessarily expect it of how geeked up you got yeah to like have a steelhead next to the boat like smiling from ear to ear (laughs) and getting all giddy that for me is what is the most exciting yeah uh, so to see people who like don't fish at all and to watch them tie and do a steel, it's going to yeah. be nuts, dude. It'll be really fun. More that's fun than it would be for me to be on the
1: stick. Yeah. Hitting on myself. Yeah, exactly. And that's one of the things you touched on a lot when I was fishing with you is you were just like, I was like, dude, like grab a rod fish. And you're like, no, I just want to watch you. <laughs> and I was like, all right, I don't really know what I'm doing up here. I was like, I got on the boat and I was like, ah, so like, I don't really set the hook on these. And you're just like. Swinging. <laughs> I was like, all right, it's just like bass fishing.
0: <laughs> yeah, see, and that's where like knowing your gear, dude. You know, uh, somebody, it might have been you, was telling me how maybe it was Brady, where you were talking about oh, it's a trout, you know, you're used to just kind of stripping into them.
1: Yeah, that's and, probably
0: me. And you felt like it was fish abuse yeah. for setting the, the hook so hard.
2: But, oh, I think because we were talking about setting the hook and I was giving all the bass guys a little shit. Yeah. <laughs> at least stepping
0: into them. Oh. Uh, but if you, I mean, if you hold a flow rod in your hand you know anywhere from 11 and a half foot to a 13 foot rod they're noodles dude so you know that whole top half of the rod is so soft that you have to swing so hard to actually get into your backbone yeah yeah Uh, and it's not always a nothing ever ends up perfect dude so sometimes you end up having extra line on the water or whatever so you swing so hard if you end up being a little too far back when you actually make contact with that fish you could stick them yeah you're running little hooks all yeah. oh, you guys out there, we're not running like two watts or five watts or anything. They're size six hooks, uh,
1: baby hooks, baby hooks for fish.
0: You ever dabble in the plugs? I've dropped a plug behind the boat while I float fish, and it's never done anything but get in my way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it's always like the time where you know, like I was out one day and it was hitting some fish pretty hard. I'm like, I want to see a plug rod go. And I drop it out behind the boat, and of course it wasn't more than like three drifts later. I had a fish on the float running into the, the plug <laughs> by myself. I'm trying to reel shit up and keep a fish intact, so no, I don't plug fish. Do mm-hmm. uh, you think it's something you'll
1: ever get into? Maybe when I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> That's why, like, I it's it's kind of like trolling. It is trolling. Yeah.
0: Like you're quite literally trolling. I don't have anything against it. Like I don't knock it. But for me personally, there's very few species that I can target. Yeah. Where I just sit there. And by very few, I mean like flats is probably the only thing where I'm cool with just like sitting there and waiting. Yeah, uh, Even like trolling on the big lake. I got a buddy who runs a charter out there. actually met him through social media and fishing. Uh, he runs JB's custom charters. It's all big lake fishing uh and i love it dude it's fun it's a good way to like hang out with your buddies and kick it but as far as like an angling standpoint it doesn't quite do as much for me yeah i'm a busy body i
1: don't idle very yeah. well I don't and i thought still. yeah i i really enjoyed just floating the whole time like i kind of was with you um i mean it, it, like you're not just sitting there just waiting for it to go off like you're not it's, and it's visual yeah it's very visual like, yeah people
0: don't think of it that way but like your bobber tells you everything it's an indicator bobber float whatever you want to call it it quite literally tells you everything that's happening yeah and when that fish eats you can see how they eat it Oh yeah. whether they crush it and your bobber just gone like that or whether it's like the slow drain where they just kind of grabbed it you see yeah. everything
1: yeah it was like that first fish that we hooked was just kind of a just kind of a bobber just tickled a little bit
0: yeah
1: and he was there and then the second one was just like down. Yeah. It's it's nuts. It's kinda I, I really like that part of it as as far as like ways they eat. It's kinda like like bass fishing too is like that for me. Yeah. Um, I mean you can either I mean, especially when you're fishing like jigs or stuff like that, like you can you'll either feel like a soft, like they'll just be weight, or you just feel just a knock on the on your line. You just feel like <laughs> Like that's that's one of my favorite parts of fishing is just feeling those fish eat, especially even like, even like back like back into trout fishing is just one of my favorite parts of brown trout fishing is seeing them eat every time. Oh yeah,
0: they, anything they, visual. They, oh yeah. yeah, you know not like flow fishing is visual, but I mean visual is like you quite literally watch yeah. the fish.
1: Yeah, come and, and, and you spent you spent would you spend a weekend up on the PM brown fishing last last year right? i spent a week so a week. i
0: graduated college and like had to go somewhere to do something so i just went camping up on the pm and i spent like a week or 10 days and just chased browns on the fly it's one of those things i've always wanted to do and yeah. i had the time to do it so i held a fly rod all week and struggled pretty bad <laughs> <laughs> i rolled a lot of fish i caught a couple fish uh but not being very seasoned on the fly rod i definitely mm-hmm. missed some
1: opportunities yeah Oh, I miss. Ask, ask, go into the store and ask Cruising who's the worst hook setter. Ever and he'll tell you it's me. That's some over the there. Is, oh, yeah. Straight up. I mean, some of those fish, you know, you like wash them and sometimes it's at your feet. Oh.
0: And yeah. I would watch them come up and eat, you know. Like you see them choke your streamer. And that's then what. it was disbelief, you know. Like, you just sit there and you watch them eat. Yeah. and Yeah. It's like And a then I hear moment. somebody behind me, set the
1: hook. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, I'm here fishing.
0: <laughs> I lost so many fish from here. Yeah, and you just watch them, and you're like, "Oh shit, that was cool." And You don't even think
1: that actually. Do That's the number one reason I like I miss hook sets is because I'm just like, "Damn, that was sweet." And I just stare at it for like five seconds. And I'm like, "Oh, I should probably set the hook."
2: Well, I grew up fishing up like around the Little Manistee and the PM, and that shit is uber clear. I mean, yeah. you can see fifteen, twenty yards perfectly fine. And when you see a fish strike at it, strike at it, miss and miss and miss, and then it finally nails you. You kind of want to laugh and you don't even think about setting the hook. And you're like, oh shit, I kind of messed that up.
0: Or the best is when you roll them.
2: Oh, you already know
0: that they're there.
1: Oh,
2: yeah. And you
0: know when you set it back (laughs) in there, he's probably going to eat again. Oh, yeah. And you still don't set the hook because it's just that, oh
1: shit, he did it again. And And he's like, oh. That's one of the craziest things is I think, I think. I'll have people argue me this, especially my buddy Cole who was on the podcast. Pound for pound, I would say any breed of trout hits – initial hitting hits harder than any other fish. Yeah, Guaranteed. Do you no. think browns or just trout in general? Um, I don't know. I mean steelhead smack a plug pretty hard, I've heard. Yeah. But yeah, I would fair. say, I don't know, streamer fishing for – I mean smallmouth wreck it when you're streamer fishing for smallmouth. But dude, Browns are so aggressive. I've I've the crazy. I'll never forget this eat. I was fishing in a small creek, and I was on the inside of the bend. I watched a fish come from the other corner of the stream, chase it all the way across, and just pin it right to the sand. And I was just like, no way. And I was like, oh wait, <laughs> oh man, that's 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 what's so no- is they're so aggressive. Like the reason they're eating is because they're they see it, they want to eat it, and they're pissed that it's there. That's my favorite part about like any kind of trout fishing. Steelhead are the same way.
0: Yeah, yeah. Steelhead are also opportunistic feeders. Mm -hmm. So they're like you know when they crush a plug, they're like going up to smash the plug. Yeah. But like when they eat a bead or a bag, dude, they're not necessarily like smashing it. A lot of the time, they just kind of grab it. And sometimes, depending on how picky they are, you have like seconds. Yeah, maybe a second. Yeah, I can like grab that bait. They <laughs> spit it. Yeah, you don't necessarily have very long. Yeah. Where when you think of like when you're stripping a streamer or you're pulling a plug,
1: I mean they're going after
0: that thing to, to kill it. Like they're yeah. literally you can, crushing you, that thing.
1: You can always tell the difference between an opportunistic fish and a hungry fish. Yeah. Because especially even streamer fishing for browns or whatever, those fish like when you pull it over them and you just see them roll on it, that fish just saw it and was going to eat it. But those ones that come across the entire river Shart to smash it. it, those ones are hungry.
2: They get a little wake behind them. You're like, "Oh, it's go time, <laughs> <laughs>
1: dude!" You just and then you miss it, and then you just keep going. But they're not going to eat it. So, sometimes, well, I was fishing on the Osawa last this past fall, and uh, we had this. We did. We had it two days in a row, same fish, same spot. Um, cruising, it was fishing the first day, and I watched this fish chase his fly for like probably thirty feet. And then just turned around and swam away. And we were like, what? <laughs> he just he just didn't want it? That's like chasing your pizza delivery guy down. the blocks. <laughs> and you're like, you know what? I changed my mind. <laughs> Next day, me, off the bat, same thing. Comes across the boat, comes back, turns around and swims away. And I was like, you son of a bitch.
0: And I always wondered, like, did they see something that they didn't like? Mm-hmm. Or, like, what happens in that situation? Man, you never know.
2: I mean... I always used to fish with my dad on the river, and if I walked outside with a bright shirt, he would just look at me, point inside, and make me go. Because <laughs> he, oh, he swore no by wearing dark colors because they could see you, especially on those close um, I mean, clear waters, yeah. 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 And, I mean, it's kind of, can they see the shadow of the boat or the raft or whatever you're fishing out of? Can they see you standing in the water? Yeah. And once they get close enough, that's got to.
1: That's the biggest thing for Trout steelhead is like your condition's gotta be pretty dang perfect for them to be wanting to eat. Yeah. Especially like if you got a bluebird sky day, yeah. I most of the times I just pack up and go home. I do not even go. I mean and there's times like where it kinda bites me in the ass because there'll be some dude walking out and it'll be like, Oh, how'd you do? And he's like, Oh I smashed him today and I'm like, damn it. <laughs> you should have just stayed there. <laughs> but then it's like, I mean, no even me and you went that day. I mean, sometimes it just depends on the time of day it is that they're hungry. I mean, what, we, yeah. we we hooked, what, three fish? Yeah, I think we hooked three fish and had four drops. And now, guys, I told them, I said, Hunter, we should, we should fish
0: late morning into the <laughs> afternoon. I said, well, yeah, I can. I got to go to class. <laughs> so we had, it was brutal. Like, I think it was in the mid-teens when we put the boat in the water. Mm-hmm. And I think it was maybe in the low 20s when I dropped you off. And then I took a good 30 minutes at the launch warming up over a heater. And I turned around and in less than 10 drifts hooked a fish. And then I think I hooked probably seven or eight in like a couple hours and <laughs> home. And That's I had to shit. send him a picture. I was like, I hate to be this guy. But uh, this was less than 10 <laughs> drifts.
1: <laughs> you want to know how to kick myself in the ass? I'll be sitting. I Send me to class and then get pictures of fish you just missed. Nothing will piss you off more than being like, no, oh, I can't skip class today. And then you get three pictures of eight pound steelhead but it would never go any other way like i mean oh, yeah. if if I would stayed, stayed we out yesterday. that's just how my luck goes sometimes
0: no on a more serious note when it comes to conditions i know some guys that follow everything dude i mean mm. from like wind direction and speed to water clarity to pressure to everything i mean down to like a science mm. and to a certain extent i get it like cuz you can definitely put together some patterns and know where you think that you know yeah what a good day is what a bad day is and and when you should or shouldn't go and now granted some people are restricted to work schedules you know they they get friday saturday or whatever the two days they can fish and that is that's it Mm -hmm. but i've seen it so many times where like the conditions are wrong like they shouldn't be yeah and if you follow stuff too closely and you choose not to fish on those days where the conditions don't
1: line up right you're missing out on some banger days oh yeah 100 percent. and it's like like generally speaking like Me, i found – I mean this doesn't really go into like steelhead fishing. I I might for you, but I I haven't done it enough to say so. But for me, brown trout fishing, the best days I've had is when it's like shitty. Horrible. Like like the nastiest winds, the heaviest rain or snow, like the nastiest. Not a stitch of sunlight in the sky and it's drizzling. I smash them. That's like duck hunting, dude.
0: I don't oh, yeah. really duck hunt at all, but I've done mm-hmm. it enough to know that, like, the best days to go duck hunting are when it's, like, as shitty as you could possibly imagine.
2: Yeah. You get high skies around here, say uh, yeah. goodbye to shoot now, because <laughs> one minute afterwards, they will fly. And it kicked my ass so many times this year, and I'm not even going to get into that right now, because I'll talk about it too long. But, I mean, conditions are... A lot of it, but I feel like a lot of people sit at home when they should just go out and enjoy it. Because they could be missing out on a bigger day, like you well, said. Well, not the worst-case scenario.
0: You take a day to sit at home and watch TV, or you could go out on the water and maybe you don't catch anything. But
1: it's better than sitting at home all day. And yeah. Well,
2: or you like, might find that new technique that's going to work on yeah. a day like that. And
1: yeah. That's the coolest that. thing to me is if you, can, if you can find out how to make them eat when it's the tough conditions – that's the dude who's going to catch them even when it's good conditions. And that's exactly where I was going, dude. If you can catch them in the worst of the worst
0: conditions, well, catch them in a good conditions should be easier. Oh, yeah. Uh, and also another thing, going into, like, following conditions and making sure everything lines up perfect. Go. Just get out on the water and maybe wash some stuff, but don't pay so close attention to it. Mm Because I think personally one of the most important things that you could do is fish your confidence. Yeah. Like if you're out on the water and you don't feel like you're gonna catch anything and you feel like it's gonna be a bummer of a day, you're probably not gonna
1: hit shit. Yeah. It's fishing I've noticed, especially like like fly fishing too, like if you're not in the right mindset, it's gonna be a dog shit day.
0: Yeah man, you gotta fish your confidence. Mm -hmm. I know like there was a second there Earlier in the winter, like I was struggling back, like, I was having a really hard time getting on some fish, and I was talking to some buddies, and they're like, "Look, dude, you you just got to have a good day. Like you got to find your confidence. You got to fish that confidence. That's probably the only thing you're missing. You're probably doing everything right. You're just missing that confidence. You got to get to that point to where you got to tell yourself, i 'I'm going to hit them.' Oh, yeah. You can fish four hours, five hours, and if you haven't hit a fish yet, I was way up north, the other day. And this is kind of a funny story. I went and decided to go hit a new river and." check it out and i got beat up like <laughs> i got beat up like i haven't got beat up in a long time to the point where i called it early i'm like you know what i'm just gonna call today what it is chalk it up as an L. am going home and i'm probably not coming back <laughs> here for a while
1: <laughs> that's so, the thing too that's another thing about any type of fishing is like you you can't write a body of water off after one bad day
0: no you can't every new body of water has a learning curve yeah so i'm driving home well i'm starting to drive home I'm like, it was supposed to be a day trip, so I have nothing else with me. I have, like, no blanket pillows, no spare clothes, not a toothbrush, nothing. (laughs) And I'm like, well, tomorrow's, like, the last good day that I can fish this week without it being, like, miserably cold. And if I go home, I don't have any opportunity right now because everything's flooded. So, I'm just going to send it north. I'm just going to keep driving. Mm -hmm. Well, I ended up, like, north-north. I'm, like, sleeping in my truck. Like I said, no blankets, no nothing. I'm, like, waking up every 30 minutes, 40 minutes to turn my truck on to run the heat so, like, I don't freeze. <laughs> well, I wake up in the morning, and it was, like, you can't even call it rain, dude. It just iced out all night. Like, just rained ice all night. So I wake up in the morning. I'm, like, going to take a piss. I'm, like, eating shit, getting out of my truck. Everything's so slippery. I'm sliding off all over the road. There's people, like, driving 5 or 10 miles an hour. It's a disaster. Like just horrible. So I knew I was going to get to the boat ramp and not be able to put the boat in the water. So I go driving in town. I'm like, I'm going to go get some salt. That'll thaw it out in enough time. Everywhere we up there, was sold of salt. I had to drive like another hour just to get a bag of salt. I'm like, I'm not doing this. It's already out of the way. So I bought like 20 pounds of kitty litter. <laughs> and I'm just like loading the ramp down with kitty litter. It's all over my boots. My truck still smells like it. It was horrible. But- <laughs> Didn't cover the whole ramp, so like there was still I still couldn't get my boat in the water. Finally, I'm like ready to chalk it up and just drive home. I'm like, oh shit! I use a Morton salt, water softener salt, save the day. I use it as a camera tripod base. I found that over king season. I forgot my actual tripod base, and I had to find something in the store. So I used a bag of salt. Worked perfect. So I took that shit and just dumped it all over the ramp. Two hours. Morton Salt sponsors. (laughs) Shout out. (laughs) I finally got my boat in the water after like two hours, dude. And fished all all morning and didn't hit a single fish. And in that moment, it's easy to be like, I'm just going to go home. Or like, I'm not going to catch anything today. But you got to stay. This goes back to fishing that confidence. You got to believe in what you're doing and stick in that mindset of like, I haven't hit them yet. But I know the here. next hole, you know, yeah. like the next spot, I'm going to get them. I'm going to get them. And it turned out, dude, you just covered enough water in like an hour time frame. I ended up hooking four fish. The ice came back out like a sideways downpour, sleet, ice, nasty shit. I had to load up and go home. But that goes back to what we originally were talking about with like fishing your confidence and actually mm-hmm. staying in that right mindset is everything because it changes the way you fish. Yeah. You know, if you're telling yourself you're not going to catch shit and that it's a bummer day, you're probably not going to fish that hard. And you're not going to fish that sharp, opposed to staying in that zone of I'm going to get them.
2: changes the way you go about the rest of your day, for sure. It also ties into the buddy aspect. I mean, you don't want to share a boat with somebody that's just being a Debbie Downer all day. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's going to mess with your confidence, too. If you go out just trying to have a good time and fish confident, and your buddy is... Oh, this fucking sucks. Like let's get out of here.
0: I also have buddies on the flip side <laughs> where they
2: have too good of a time. Yeah. And they're
1: almost a distraction. We're just one day's on the water, man. It's a good time, but Yeah. And that can be tough too, is like sometimes you get into like just like those flunks. Like I, I know I've been in tournaments. There's uh we fished me and my buddy Ryan, who I talk about a lot, um, we had a tournament on Houghton this year and I lost like five pounds smallmouth, like right at the boat. Like we almost netted it. I have never heard a boat that quiet like, <laughs> in my entire life. We did not say a word to each other for maybe an hour and a half. And then finally I was just like, All right, look, let's shake it off. We're gonna catch some fish. Like this is like we're turning around right now. Boom. And then as soon as you just like you just have to like it just has to click. Like you're just like, okay, that was just one mess up, like let's pick it back up, and then we started catching fish again, and we we finished eighth place, and it's just, like, sometimes you just have to, like, just have to realize, like, okay, like, I just messed up, like, let's wipe that out of here, like, get back on it. And that's That's everything, dude, like, mm -hmm. even outside of fishing,
0: that's just life in general. Yeah. Now, like, tournament fishing and guiding is kind of a – it's different because there's actually something on the line at that point. Yeah, for, like, people just fun fishing, at the end of the day, guys, when you're on the water, just – Catching fish or not catching fish, have fun. Like, enjoy the day. Like I said earlier, it's better than being at home, sitting inside, watching TV. There's so much to take in fishing. You know, like some people talk to that guide as well. they were like, dude, you know, yeah, obviously people want to catch fish, but make sure you have a, a good experience outside of catching fish. Sure oh, yeah. People have fun. It goes a long way. So people fishing at home, just fun and getting out for a day, it's not all about catching fish, just Take it all in, man. Enjoy the experience, whether you're by yourself or you got
1: friends in the boat. Just yeah, exactly. Fish that's, or no and, fish, you can and have that's, fun. And that's what I told you last week when we fished. was like, dude, I wouldn't have cared if we didn't land a fish all day after a, that yeah. big one. I mean, that was the coolest part for me was just seeing that thing skate to the boat and then swim away.
0: <laughs> Watching it swim off, man. Right after <laughs> you don't get to shake hands with them, is <laughs> probably the worst thing <laughs> in the world.
2: <laughs>
1: but still, even just like, especially for me because I'd never hooked one before. Like that was. Shit, day made right there, boom. Well, and that goes
0: back to two, just like figuring it out. You know, I mm-hmm. joking with my buddy around the page, with. like, I duped him. You know, I didn't land him, but I, but I duped him. I got him. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I don't care
2: that I didn't land him. Yeah, I, I stoned him. I you got, him to got that eat. fish. Yeah. You got that
1: fish to eat. That's all that really matters at the at the end of the day.
2: Well, go for the experience. Don't go just to catch the fish. Because yeah. if you go for the experience, the catching the fish is going to fall in place. Yeah, yeah. And Especially with the guide aspect. I don't go with guides that often, but like the guy I duck hunt with out in Nebraska, if he wasn't the damn good guy he was, I wouldn't be going. Because being able to share a boat blind, whatever you're doing with somebody that you can generally have a conversation with, shoot the shit, laugh, even if the fishing hunt slow, you're still gonna have that experience. Yeah. And you're gonna go home. And and
1: the one one big thing you gotta remember too is like just because you're going with a guide doesn't mean you're gonna smash fish or birds or whatever. Like, it, like it's a, like it's not a given to catch fish if you're going with a guide. Like right. I, I got gifted a guide trip up on the PN for Browns with Ed Baldwin Bait and Tackle. Um, we we got done. I landed like one rainbow trout. The PM's got my number. I'm gonna say that right now. <laughs> I've been there three times and I've never touched
2: a brown trout. If you you're crazy. if you're
1: listening, Pierre Marquette River, <laughs> I'm coming for you this fall.
2: Dude, I think I've touched more browns kayak in it than you have fishing it. <laughs> Facts.
1: It's oh, dude. I've got to go back.
2: Well, the the crazy but, thing about guiding,
0: dude, and just fishing in general is like, obviously, in life in general, there's always things out of your control. But you're quite literally messing with Mother Nature. Oh, 100%. There's just stuff that is flat out, out of your control. Yeah. I mean, shit, dude, I've been on the river where, like, the day before a certain stretch was loaded. and Like, you count on that to hit fish, and you fish it the next day, and, yeah, you can move and find them again. But you might have burned out a couple hours, which could have been your peak eat. Yeah. Or, you know, like, it might just be a day where they're quite literally not eating that well, no matter how many fish are there, so... You know, and some people go on guided trips and they think they're paying to like take home their meat limit for the day. Yeah, like exactly. And that's boys. what
1: was what um, I think it was. I think a fish was Steve Fraley, who guides up there. He's like, uh, at the end of the day, he said to me and my dad, he was, like, uh, he was like, "Sorry, sorry, we didn't, sorry, we didn't get a bunch today." I was like, "Dude, what are you sorry for? Like, it was bluebird skies and low gin clear water." I was like, I "Ain't mad. I saw <laughs> way more bronze than I've ever seen before. <laughs> like, I, I had a great time." And it's just like, you you just got to remember, like, some days you just ain't going to catch him. Yeah. Get over it.
0: You know? And that goes to covering a lot of water, too. Like, we talk about traveling and seeing where you like the best. Like, you know, the conditions we got right now, try to run trips at this point would be difficult if I was limited to this general location. Well, dude, if I have to come, you know, trips coming up, I'll send it up north. Mm-hmm. And you know, having areas to go where like, hey, it's been a really tough down here for a week. Maybe I should yeah. change it up a bit. Yeah. And hit a different river system and go check stuff out. So cover water, guys. Get yeah. out there, find different places that fish better at different times and take it all in. Yeah.
1: That's about all the time we've got for this week. Um John, anything else you got to add?
2: Send them home with some words of wisdom.
1: <laughs>
0: uh follow us on the socials guys if you don't already uh sbs outdoor action is the main page we run uh, i got get guide service on instagram check us out on youtube uh words of wisdom keep fishing guys don't give up uh be willing to try something new and commit to it uh, and have fun taking the experience don't worry about just how many fish you put in the boat but try to learn something when you're out on the water enjoy your time out there and uh, the fish will come
1: yeah now hit up, hit up John. Um, if you want to go catch some steelhead? Um, hit him up on Instagram. Get bent guide service. You're you're just about booked up through April now, right? March is pretty booked up. March is booked up. Really
0: open, yeah.
1: So you're running out of time. If you want to get on some spring steelhead, um, get on the page. Uh, either message him through either SBS Outdoor Action or Get Bent Guide Service or message us and we'll direct you right to him um sure. it's a great time he's fun to fish with i had a blast last week um and that's that's about all we got colin
2: right. we appreciate you coming on man that was i was one of my favorite episodes right there it was yeah, a good yeah. time thanks for having me man yeah fun. of course we'll thanks to, for uh, coming
0: we'll have to do this one again Later for, for sure a little on the
2: water podcast i think we need to start doing that Oh
0: on the water podcast. Yeah, like a little be, after, I like that. After man. the
2: fishing trip type thing and really reflect right, on the that. day. And then kinda of go more into techniques and techniques.
0: Comments on Spotify? Yes, I can. You guys leave a comment. I don't know what you think of that idea. On the water podcast. Yeah.
1: yeah. So let us know what you think. That's all the time we've got for this week. This has been the Great Lakes Experience, Episode 6. Thanks for tuning in. I'm going to plug it one more time. SBS Outdoor Action or Get Bent Guide Service. If you want to catch Steelhead, hit those guys up. You guys have a great week. Thanks for tuning in.